Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. The Heralds are currently in a temporary, magnificent mansion, one that has been created by Jonathan's old professor from his college days in Neverwinter. They've come here for a safe place to discuss their current problem, how to deal with the fiend that has Travancore under a geese spell that will prevent them from destroying an amulet. This amulet has kept his family under the thumb of a devil for centuries, and it appears that there are Yugoloths that have attacked them and are trying to prevent its destruction. Professor Wood has had a chance to examine this amulet and discovered an important piece of information. She's revealed that when smeared with blood, that what appears across its surface is a name. And she has said this is the true name of the devil that it can summon. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. I am entering the Cider Wars for the first time in a very long time. I'm pretty sure one, if not multiple of us, have had this. This is the Shilling Hard Cider uh, Excelsior. And it's got a giraffe. Look at that giraffe. Oh my god. Please take a million pictures. Yeah, I will definitely take a picture. So Luke, his his home game that he's been running for a while now, uh, finally picked up after the holidays. Hold on. And we are having them over at the house on Tuesdays. And like the excellent in-house, in-person D&D people they are, they bring snacks and drinks. And so no matter what I think of this drink, I would like to thank Luke's D&D game, who are currently venturing into Avernus, for bringing me this hard apple cider. And since I am having a, a thing from the Cider Wars, we'll start with Travancore. What are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is the last of my White Claw Mango Hard Cider. <laughs> Cheers to you, sir. To the end of being basic. Break mm. laws, drink claws. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know who else I love? I love you all, but we'll go with Carlton. What are you drinking? I have uh, some more bubbly, sparkling water, and it is raspberry flavored. But more important than finding out the true name of that devil, I have in my notes, more importantly, I am a work of art. You are. <laughs> oh, you are. Oh. You are a work of art. So, and Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, we found out Carlton is a work of art. And you should always be proud of that fact. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who knows that he is also a work of art, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight I have also a white claw because claws the law. And nice. uh, it is a uh, ruby grapefruit one. It's pretty good. Do I need to get white claw for the wedding for you all? <laughs> I've never had white claw ever. Let, let me put it this way. There's going to be white claw whenever driving isn't involved. So yeah, that's going to, that's going to be happening. That's right, folks. Uh, if you drink, don't drive, do the watermelon exactly. white yeah. claw. First we were claw bro eyebrows. Now we're claw bros. Cheers. <laughs> that was maybe 10 years ago. Jo Jack Edithol has worn my contacts before. That's the reference <laughs> there. <laughs> I can't. There you go. That's yeah, crazy. I know. I know. I've had a friend like borrow my underwear and No, it's because my my contact <laughs> case apparently 
even though it was a different color, looked a lot like his, and he put in contacts that weren't designed for him. And it was fine, apparently, until I couldn't find my contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that could have gone really bad. I'm glad it went fine for everybody because it could have gone really bad and this shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to jackie green thank you so much for your patronage jackie this fireball shot is for you and hopefully it is for a nice utility spell rather than a combat spell today because uh we're in a bind and i think i think we got to think our way out of it not blast our way i i mean you are playing Dungeons and Dragons and you are allowed to do whatever it is that you like. That is half the fun. I have no transition that allows me to say something complimentary about Bernie. So Bernie I'm just is say, half the size and all the fun. Sure. <laughs> that, and that's why I play with Bravo. you all because I don't have to do jack and or shit except prompt you and you say awesome, you all say awesome things. Bernie, what are you drinking? I, Julia, the human... <laughs> Bernie didn't do a lot of drinking last week, but Julia did, because uh, she was on her honeymoon. I had a lot to drink last week, friends. And this week, we're having no alcohol. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of sangrias, like four or five in a day. And uh, when I decided I was sick of sangrias, I would just move over to mojitos. <laughs> so please understand, I was a drunk little dungeoneer last week but this week we're gonna be a little sober then there's nothing wrong with that i have chocolatey chai tea so i have decaf tea it's very good it's grocery store brand and it's good so that's and i have water so i have double water god (laughs) you're double fisting water and tea (laughs) water and tea (laughs) i like it been that way all week so shall we shall we commence with the dungeons and the dragons uh, you are all currently standing in an opulent, luxurious mansion, specifically the drawing room. Some of you have morning alcohol in your other form as the characters that you play. Uh, but all of you have now listened to Jonathan's former professor announce, not saying out loud the name of the creature that Travancore has learned about and his family is bound to, but revealed it unto you thanks to a lot of hard work on your part and a lot of information you were able to give to her and one or two very good roles she was able to figure out the true name of this devil. You still need to figure out a bunch of stuff about what you want to do next, though, so we'll we'll just pick it right up after that revelation as she slowly pulls out a handkerchief to wipe off her blood from the amulet as she does that the name once again disappears after jonathan has committed it to memory and the rest of you have either written it down or know that jonathan has committed it to to memory we gotta protect that brain exactly and is handing it back over she she holds it out to travancore but in that way and where she's holding it out for whoever wants to actually take it and says well now what Real, real, good part the curtain for everyone. Friends, I had a plan. I actually spent many, many, like, the in-between sessions, like, just thinking out plans, planning out plans. And um, I kept them in my brain, not on paper. And they're gone. (laughs) Washed away with the sangria and the mojitos, eh? I'm so sorry. I had so many good ideas. (laughs) 
fucking plan to get us out of this, and it's gone. Well, so I think that uh, that Jonathan would kind of recognize uh, a few things, and mainly because I listened to a couple of episodes before uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks. Pingo. And, um, and there's a couple of things. One, we cannot compromise the security of this place. If we disappear from here, then all of a su- and we come back with no amulet, all of a sudden, these demons know that something is here that can destroy this thing. So I think in the immediate, the next thing we do is we leave. We teleport back to somewhere where it remains to be seen. But I think that what Professor Wood and what some of the concerns that that... Travancore had and for also still the safety of the mine because we don't as long as this thing exists then you know the it, these demons are going to associate it with this mine or this devils uh these fiends so it does need to get destroyed so we just need to figure out order of operations here and the more Jonathan has been kind of thinking about it I think we just need to fight these guys I mean I think we take the fight we break the geese and we do it, and and then we we set an ambush. But what I think, what what, what if we push them in the acid? Uh, that would also break the geese, and that would make it harder for Bernie to bring him bring yeah. Travancore back. No, not Carlton. push Travancore in the acid. Push the guys that come for Travancore in the acid. They Carlton, can't. We can't Car- go. They won't let us. As and, long as they think we'll compromise it, we're not going to get anywhere near the acid. And they the uh, from what I understand from Bernie the. Acid, the temple where the where the where this John pool been, is. John been interrupted at this very moment as Carissa stands up and says, "Really, really." And I'm she sorry. Points at Professor Wood. Professor Wood, my apologies. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just like ecstatic to hear uh, your ideas actually on how we're going to accomplish this. To be frank, I don't care how you accomplish your little task. What I care about is that you promised you were going to keep this secret. And here we are talking about things we are not supposed to be talking about in front of people. We are not supposed to be talking about them in front of. Would you? I don't know. (sighs) Professor Professor Wood. Would Would you? No. No. And she stands up and she looks at the professor and she looks at all of you. She says, I think I've had enough. I think it is at this point that it's best. That we do what Jonathan said, which is leave. And you can leave, and she can leave, and I can leave, and we can all just take our leave. Because this has all gone wrong. Oh, now you have loyalty. This is really, really this is exciting the part where, for me. This is the part where Jonathan had forgotten the whole thing about not talking about it around the professor. Yeah, that honestly, was a Jonathan I the player thing. It, you, it wasn't just a Jonathan. It Carl, was also a Carlton. I was, <laughs> I was pulling that up. Bernie, she looks over at you and says, I've always had loyalty. I've had loyalty to my family. <laughs> my family. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, yeah, we'll figure this out without you. Yes, you will. And you will turn around and go away. And you will not be welcome in my presence anymore. And then she... Oh, well, me taking on the geese to protect your people, that means I'm not welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that everything has gone wrong and you are not going to honor the agreement that you made to escort us to this place. I am sorry that the, the saving my family is not enough to oversee one oversight. Saving your family is not enough 
to prevent the secret of this place from getting out. She's not and big on family. Professor Wood, are you going to tell anybody? She looks a little startled and looks around and says, well, I'd assumed anything that we were talking about in here was in confidence, but I'm getting the sense. And Carissa interrupts her to look at Bernie and says, you know, they would find your barbs much more entertaining if they even knew. That's and fine. I don't care. But Jonathan the Mad Muscular just raises an eyebrow. But here's the thing. Travancore has an, a point. Yes. Because we and did so everything I. we could to prevent this creature from slaughtering everyone here. And you stood silent. I'm glad that you take this sacred oath so seriously. This is a new thing for you, clearly. And you're trying to do a, your best. But you are filled with criticism and anger, and you are not filled with solutions. Well, you that had is because no, no, you had nothing no. to say. You had nothing you know to say I, for the you people know what you I think you're said? supposed to protect. I should, I should have said the first moment that that creature showed up and man and was already putting us all at risk. I should have turned around and forced you all to leave. But I let this charade go along because I wanted to help my cousin. Wait, what? Oh. Because if you're going to dance around our family, if you're going to throw barbs at me in front of your friends, if you are going to claim that you are so good at keeping secrets that you're just going to blurt them out in front of everybody, that you're going to have these conversations in front of people, and you're going to drop cute little hints about how much you seem to know about me and what I'm able to do for you, well, guess what? Secrets come out when people push, and this is pushing, and I am in a position in where I'm trying to keep something secret that could kill that god that you seem so devoted to, and no. And she looks over Travancore and says, you know why I don't care about your family? Because eventually they will pass on. And you know why I don't care about all of this going on? Or me? Or this house? Or any of these dwarves? It's because we will all eventually pass on. But if this secret passes on, and the fiends of the Nine Hells find out about it, there will be war on this plane to be able to control it. That's what I'm protecting. That's what you swore to keep secret. That is what I gave up in order to be able to keep having enough control over my family in order to be able to do this job. So there you go. There's all my cards on the table. She looks over at Professor Wood and says, I would like to leave and turns around and walks out the, the foyer into the foyer. I cast Hunter's Mark on, on her. Damn, that- son. Just I'm not going to attack her. I just want, yeah. yeah. I'm obviously not going to attack her. I just want to keep tabs on her. She walks into the foyer and stands at the door, but hasn't left just yet. But she is out of your sight at the moment. And Professor Wood, oh, I didn't think I was going to get drama until I went to the opera this evening. Um, You don't even have to pay for this. No, but why? why do I wish this hadn't happened um you're welcome to stay you're welcome to leave i don't know what to do next i will be guided by you onto this moments ago i was going to invite you to 
enact Jonathan's plan and come to Neverwinter, but I'm not sure what you want to do now? Jonathan the Metromuscular has an idea. And this is what I was going to say before I was interrupted. She doesn't reply. Professor, how how often do you receive heals or greater restorations, that sort of thing? It's been a while. I, I think I mentioned earlier I'm not much of the ad- adventuring type. I, I have skills, but they're more towards the performative or the enchanting. Well, assuming that this situation is still salvageable, and I feel like I'm asking a lot, would you be amenable to me? And you note that this is, he's not, he hasn't referred to himself in third person at all. He's just speaking directly to Professor Wood. Could I alter your memory so that you don't know what's in that temple? Roll a persuasion check. The entire time Carissa was going off, Carlton was just reaching into his bag of holding and slowly pulling out churros and just like sitting there awkwardly. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Jonathan the Magic Muscular knows what to do. Jonathan the Magic Muscular has got a plan. Let's see. Also, she's not her cousin. She's her aunt. Oh my but God. She was talking to you. She was saying she's your aunt. Uh. She's talking about her. Yeah. Well, what'd you roll? I rolled a natural 20. Hey, drink. Cheers to that. So usually when you roll a natural one, I ask, why do you, why'd you fail so miserably? Considering this is a character that we've created out of uh, your backstory and you helped create, I'm going to ask you, what is it about this that makes this so persuasive to her? <laughs> I, so obviously Jonathan's persuasion, you know, his preferences in in women are now very well known, even the even if it wasn't known to him. And I think what he does is he, especially since he hasn't, he's kind of dropped his his flamboyant self for the moment. He's just sort of he stood up, he's taken, and he knows that Professor Wood is is like this. He recognizes that she is a touchy person and likes touches in return. So she's like he's like taking his hand and taking her hand and kind of grasp it in between his and he's spoke he's spoken to her very softly and sincerely and um and just just looking into her eyes at just as as earnestly as he can and she accepts not only your hands but returns that somberness in a way that you very rarely have seen from her before as such a flamboyant personality she Gives you kind of a small, soft smile, kind of uh, something more the proud teacher than the anything else, and says, You have grown quite a bit, haven't you? I had help. All right. If it's that important, I think I know what spell you refer to, and why you're asking me about how often I get healing. I think it's worth it to do this. If you think, and she'll look out the door to where you know Carissa must still be in the foyer because of Travancore's Hunter's Mark, but also you haven't <laughs> heard the door ping, yet. Ping. You haven't heard, yeah. You haven't heard her open the door yet. But she says, "If if you think it would help, then yes." Thank you, thank you. 
And she he's going to kind of pat her hands and give him a little rub and then say, Carissa? There's silence for a moment. And then you hear her say, What? I can suppress the memory of the knowledge of the temple in Professor Wood here. She has agreed to the spell. There's a very long moment. Uh, and I need everybody to roll a perception check. Not the animals, just the four of you. Oh, I need my... Uh-oh, I'm rolling hot. <laughs> I'm waiting for the other foot to drop. It never um, well, does. It never does. My Well, your other foot dropped on me, apparently. <laughs> no, my other foot drops in our fucking uh, wilderness no, campaign. No, it dropped on me. I got an eight. I got a rock. I'm your 11. <laughs> I got a rock. You said perception, right? Yes. Uh, 21 for Carlton. Okay. I think mine's an 18, but I'm uh, double checking. I feel like this actually fits because Bernie and Travancore are angry. And all yep. they are. Oh, are, yeah. Like, all this they're is saying is red. All right the, yeah, Bernie's mad. Bernie's, Bernie is mad. And the only other thing Bernie is paying attention to is the number of churros Carlton has eaten. <laughs> Cinnamon sugar all over this floor. Travancore can't even focus on the churros. He's like, he came all this way to get, finally free his family. And he put a geese on himself. And now, like, the one way to destroy this thing is walking out, the, about to walk out the doors. He's, he's not happy. No, that totally makes sense. A hundred percent. So Travancore and Bernie are fuming. And the last thing that either of you want to do is really engage with Carissa anymore. Uh, but the other two, Carlton and Jonathan, as Jonathan asks for this, this gnome to return into the room, there's a very long pause and Carlton yeah you're the only one who hears this okay but you're pretty sure the intake of breath was more a sniffle than just a sigh oh huh and there's a moment and then she appears in the doorway stoic as ever glaring at all of you and says, so, more cover-ups. It's the best I can offer right now. And it's, it's the way forward for all of us to continue working towards this goal. I'll do you one better. If, uh, if everyone else is okay with it, I know I am. I'll have Jonathan erase my memory too, express my memory. So as soon as this is done, this place doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. And Jonathan is actually going to go over and he's going to put his hand on... Uh, on uh, Travancore shoulders. Travancore touch? I don't remember. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he puts his hand on your shoulder and is like, buddy, that's why I took the spell. Oh. So the answer should be no. The answer to this should be I should just turn around and leave. And the four of you were supposed to be trusted with this. It came from the highest authorities in Waterdeep. It's been decades since anyone at the Tempest Temple there even recommended anybody. What are the risks? For the spell? Yes. Well, to the uh, subject of the spell, none. Uh, the only risk is that if the subject is healed or provided with a greater restoration, it'll undo the effects of the spell and their memory will return. Professor Wood is a extremely powerful arcanist. And I would imagine already holds many, many secrets. This would be a gesture 
because it may be a very long, long time before the spell is ever, ever undone. And were it to be undone, I'm sure she would recognize that the gravity of this situation as her memory returns to keep that knowledge to herself. I think this would just be a, a part of that, of that convincing herself to, to, keep, to keep that close. And Professor Wood nods but stays quiet. She's, she has very aptly read the room and is staying very quiet. And Carissa looks at all of you and then looks at Professor Wood. And then you see her close her eyes and sigh. And then she looks back at Professor Wood and says, It's nice of you to agree to this. I think, now that it's already happened, knowing that you would agree to that helps me decide that that may not be necessary. And that is probably best to just ask you to maybe leave the room and... Ask you in your strictest confidence to never reveal anything that you've already heard here because of what I've already revealed. It's not that I doubt your spell, but if fate undoes this, you are suddenly flooded with this memory. There will be more questions. I would rather trust your tongue than trust in luck. And Professor Woods nods. And says, I would normally be flippant here and say that there are many secrets that I've kept for many years and many things I will take to my grave for very, very small reasons, especially in relation to what all of you are doing. But trust me, I would not say a word. I have my own people who could be very much harmed by the unleashing of such knowledge. And she kind of straightens a little bit and looks at all of you and says, I need to warm up. I need a bath. I need a very long, very warm, very private bath where I can gather my thoughts and compartmentalize them and put them away forever. And I think it's best that you all have a chance to chat in that time. So please, my house is yours. Please feel free to stay as long as you like until the sun goes down. And then I really need to return to Neverwinter. But uh, at that point, you are welcome to join me. I'm sure it would be lovely to have you if that's something that would appeal. And she nods at all of you. Travancore slips up and says, in the bath or in Neverwinter? <laughs> she Sh- breaks- Jonathan the Magimuscular and his other eyebrow raises. <laughs> she breaks into a grin and places a delicate hand on your shoulder and says, for now, Neverwinter, but I'll keep that offer in mind. And then she swoops out of the room as though leaving stage left in order to go backstage after a grand performance and closes the door behind her, leaving the four of you with Carissa. And Chris is still standing stiffly, just like inside the doorway, looking at all of you angrily and says, Well, now what? We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. 
It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on February 9th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. H-A-S-T-S-E-S-H-S-P-E-C so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. I would just like to say that I know that exactly what this woman's bathrobe looks like. And you know those like 1930s movie star bathrobes that have oh, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. fluffy feathers? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. That also, is, I just yeah. like, that is canon now. Oh, 100%. 30s ideas of modern is what I feel like this mansion. When when I promoted yes. the tweet for the for episode introducing Professor Wood, I sort of had a, a gif of Rainbow Quartz from Steven Universe. And I think that Rainbow Quartz is what Travancore thinks of, like, and he's like onion. Like, kind of like, Rainbow Quartz is like perfect, and he's sort of like fixated on her a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. So, very, yeah. Very 1900s burlesque. Um, showmanship, that kind of grand style. Everything is everything is classy, bordering on showy, and a hundred percent. She has five of the same white robes with the feathers that are luxurious and huge. Yeah, that kind of like not practical, just luxurious. Absolutely, um, I guess. So Bernie's just gonna sigh, and she's gonna say, "Where do we want to kill this thing?" I mean, that's the option. We we kill it. And we can kill it here, which I imagine is not wanted. And now we know that it has nothing to do with the inhabitants of this mine. Or we can go back tomorrow. We'd have to go back tomorrow. We can't walk back in the dark. We've already established that that is a bad idea. And we kill it on the outskirts of... Mirabar. Thank you, because it was going to be Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> we're going to kill it on Cinnabar Island. Palette City. <laughs> what a wonderful, dramatic... Uh... <laughs> ba, ba, da, ba, ba, da. Absolutely. Uh, um, so... We can kill it on the outskirts of Mirabar. We can go back to Neverwinter, and we can see if Professor Wood has any contacts that can help us kill it in Neverwinter, and then we can find our way back here, and we can start again. Yeah, I can... I would prefer to kill it here. I don't... I want this... I don't know about you, Travancore. I think your vote weighs a little more than any of ours, but I want this over and done with. Hard same. All right. So, if... So, we've got a couple of... We've got a couple of options here. These creatures are, are transplanar which means they can appear anywhere the Travancore is. You were mentioning uh, Professor Wood and maybe some allies. Perhaps we could get an introduction if we went to the opera. I'm not dressed for the opera. We can fix that. I just, it's an option. Damn, so Barney's going to go to the opera before Julia goes to an opera. <laughs> <laughs> Opera's fun, yo. Um, mm. So here's here's what Jonathan the Magimuscular is thinking. And... Jonathan the Magimuscular thinks that we do need to make an escape. 
because if not for no other reason than to draw the uh, draw them out. If the spell, if the key spell is broken, if it's just you know no modifying Travancore's memory, no other tricks, no no anything else, we just get this tale off of us. We could fight them here. We could fight them outside of Neverwinter. We could round up a posse and. You know, maybe maybe there are some old professors that of mine who who may be long in the tooth, but it's been a while since they've been in a fight. And we could ask them. I like all that, because allies are fun. But the reason we didn't engage here was because of collateral damage. Oh, we wouldn't fight in Neverwinter. Absolutely not. We'd, we'd pick a spot outside. Well, what I'm thinking, you said they, could, they go into whatever plane... Right? Does that also mean demiplane? I don't... I think our plane is secured. Because they they wouldn't be able to hurt any innocents other than our Modrons. I don't think they could get in there if they wanted to. But we I rebuild the Modrons. We promise... We made a promise to Rachel. I don't yeah. want to... It's... Uh, it's Carlton, a safe It's not place. a good look if you um, are house-sitting and you throw a house party. Or House Party 2, or House Party 3, for that matter. <laughs> the one with the dude from Real World. That was, uh, <laughs> that was just uh, that was a dip in the series there. What was his name? David? David from the Real World? I don't know. The, the first one to get kicked out. The, the one who pioneered the reality show game mechanic of getting kicked out of a house. God, that was so long ago. It was. It was the fucking early Lauren, 90s. Like, we I'm have to get off this tangent. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about the tangent. I just can't contribute to it whatsoever. I'm so not a reality show person. I, I, can't I help. was a real world fan up until I was a big real world fan. That's cool. Know, like, oh my Boston. god, Seattle, Seattle, and Boston. Seattle was great. So good. Oh, that one of the fuckers from uh, from Boston is running for uh, or ran for and just retired from uh, Congress. Oh my god, he is an asshat. The sad Mom's thing about Boston. this is because, like, Carissa is so furious and fed up at the moment that she can't in in character engage with this, or else I would totally have her talking about like real world red larch before the town got destroyed <laughs> or shit like that. I would hundred percent like Professor Wood. There we go. Professor Wood pokes her head back in, opens the door. She's in her giant, fluffy, very Sheer. very stylish but completely impractical bathrobe, and says. Oh, I forgot. Uh, if you do want a uh, bar service, just go ahead and clap. They 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 stay away unless you clap. Okay, everyone um, clap. Everyone claps. <laughs> and Bernie claps. Like Bernie claps for limoncello, and she yeah, holds up every- three fingers. And she, <laughs> yeah, she. I'm serious. She's gonna hold up three fingers for a double shot of limoncello, and she's gonna be like. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not only do all of the the spectral uh, servants please, appear please. and immediately make exactly what you're looking for, Carlton's there is going to get a, a sangria in one hand and a mojito in another. Travancore, <laughs> what you getting? Travancore is getting an old fashioned. <laughs> yep. It is. It is there in the nicest glass that you've had in your hand in a very long time. Jonathan, what are you having? Two two doubles of whiskey neat. Carissa gets a shot of vodka and a beer. You don't know what kind of beer, but she gets both. And Professor Wait, Wood says, "I want to try it." Sorcerer's sweat. No, no. Oh God, no! <laughs> clap off! Clap off! Clap off! Counterclap! Am... Counterclap! <laughs> Carlton, 
I'm so impressed. Sadly, they can't make anything magical, so uh, they they can't do something like that. But oh, if you do it. come to Jonathan Neverwinter, the Jonathan the Mandramuscular disagrees. This this whiskey is man- Jonathan, magical. If I come to Neverwinter, <laughs> if you come to Neverwinter, I think I know a bar that has some of that, but it's very expensive. Money's also, no object. <laughs> real world Never uh, Never Ember was fantastic i should show you season four it's amazing bye and she closes <laughs> bernie's gonna look at carlton and she's gonna say number one no more churros number two no sorcerer sweat if you're a ficus we can't fight this thing is traffic behind bernie if you would like to be sure traffic is just gonna thumbs up and be like <laughs> Ficus can't fight you. I won't water you. I won't water you. I won't water uh, you. I've been a plant. It's not so bad. You were a plant for ten minutes. <laughs> ten minutes longer than anyone here. That's true. I didn't water you either. Well, he was only a plant for ten minutes. You all enjoy a moment of some hard alcohol that you don't know how real this place really is, but the burning is real. Oof. And then I love a limoncello. Carissa downs the shot of vodka and downs half of the pint of beer and then places it down and sighs again and says, Okay, so you're going to fight this thing. It's okay. You can stay here. No, I can't stay here. If we're not going to all stay here, then I need to leave because it would be suspicious if I stayed. Then leave. Well, you're all you, you just go hang out in Mirror Bar. We'll tell you when it's dead. Jonathan the Magic Muscular wants to consider, because Jonathan the player, it's been a long time. Is there a place n- near Neverwinter that would be conducive to a, to an ambush? Where, where there's like, or is there like a Power Rangers-ish like quarry or warehouse district that, that Jonathan the Magic Muscular knows that could get absolutely leveled, but... No one cares. And there's plenty more quarries or warehouse districts uh, still yet undestroyed, so it wouldn't matter to anyone. Does, does Neverwinter have any, any, any kaiju-friendly places? So not in the city. You know for a fact that the city, about 50 years ago, there was a giant uh, volcanic explosion nearby that practically leveled Neverwinter. And it has taken a very long time for the city to recover from that. And it's still in a lot of ways recovering, but since you've moved there, it's it's been more of enjoying the Renaissance after they have fixed the city. There there was a giant chasm that went through half the city because of this volcanic explosion. Uh, whole sections were leveled. It's it's been a fight. But you arrived to go to the Neverwinter Academy just as they they had fixed most of the bad stuff. They had magically mended the scar and things had gotten a lot better in the last few years. In fact, Neverwinter was kind of doing this renaissance. Because of that and because of the volatile nature of students learning how to practice any kind of magic, evocation magic is the obvious one, but... Some of the other magics are just as destructive when practiced in the wrong way. Because of all of that, the training ground for a lot of the practicums that you went to were well outside of the city. In fact, they were uh, pretty far northwest. You would often go on these retreats for days at a time and where 
it would kind of be like camping, except they were very basic log cabins out in the middle of the woods, right along uh, where some of the destruction from this volcano still wrecked havoc just before the Neverwinter Wood. So not into like dangerous territory, but far enough away that even the most destructive student magics weren't going to cause an issue. And you also know for a fact, nobody lives around there. That's why it was kind of like camping. You'd go there and there'd be zero in the way of of amenities. You were having to take care of, of everything out there. And it was fun, but then it was also kind of rough in it. And that would be the 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 most obvious place that you know of. Uh, inside the city or even nearby the city walls would be frowned upon if not immediately arrested if there was any sign of any kind of destruction going on or any kind of fight had broken out because the the city is still trying to rebuild and they ain't gonna have none of that shit so we need permission you would need permission to use the training grounds that jonathan knows of but jonathan you would also know who to speak to and uh having professor wood in the house invested in this little adventure would probably help a lot. On the practical side, you know that if that camping grounds was destroyed, you'd lose a couple of pretty okay log cabins. That's about it. I mean, we're going to go all out on this fight. You know, only only one party's making it out, and we're, it's going to be us. So, it's going to be us. Well, yeah, it would be super selfish if I you said it's going to be my... <laughs> it's pretty self-serving there. Yeah, especially because this is winter, so we're definitely doing this. Not in May. Not, Not in May. May. <laughs> I that tried. Steven will eventually listen to this one day and be proud of me. But, and sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah, really. We love actually, you, Steven. It is. Like, but she all loves you the most. That's a good point, him. Bernie. It I'm pretty sure it's going to be Altruic. <laughs> Jonathan, what if we take the bird or your your teleports, and we do this fight somewhere warm. Because uh, nobody likes fighting in the cold. Do we know enough about this thing to know if warm or cold is going to make a difference? Oh, it I does. just don't want to fight in the cold. I mean, we can. Uh, like, let's I... go on vacation. Fuck some shit up and then relax and drink mojitos and sangrias. Okay. Well, so, I mean, I, I kind of want to... I, I think there are resources at the Neverwinter Academy that I think we could use. That's one reason why. There are reasons why we would go there because it would help us in this fight. We would have resources, we would have a battlefield, and then afterward, you know, we could see my school. You know, we could have their vacation there. Go to the opera tonight. There's lots of reasons why we would want to go there, but I think I think if that is our immediate place we're going, then the next step is we want to figure out how this fight is going to go because I think I think everyone is agreed that that that's what we're going to do. Bernie breaks the spell so that Travancore, well, do we think that we would even need to, well, I guess to get their attention? Yeah, I right? think we break the spell to get the okay. attention. I'm not going to kill you, Travancore. I'm That's such a relief. going to restore you in a greater manner than you were before. Now, it's probably going to get shot down. Oh, but, but go on, baby. We love you. Yes. So we know these things. Don't want the devil to lose its contract binding it to material plane. It's going to be risky. But what if we ask the devil who they are 
where they are so we can bring the fight to them. I mean, yes, we no. do it in Neverwinter, but that way we at least know exactly what we're up against. Because there was unknown amounts of invisibles. We do need to know what we're up against. I don't think we involve anything else from that plane from below. of existence. Right. And if we were to take the fight to them, we would have a way, one way in, but no way out. Yeah. At least if we if we fight on this plane, we don't have to go anywhere else. We can get anywhere we want on this plane. But I had to use up some resources to get modify memory, you know, as as a as a planning to this, so I don't have the ability to travel planes yet. Is there like you you got to pay money for spells, right? Um sometimes, yeah. Uh, I can if it's uh, if it's not something that's sort of in my natural course of research. If I just add it, then yeah, I can pay for it. Well, okay. I know this is gonna sound well. It's gonna sound like it came from Carlton, actually. Um, <laughs> got it. What if is there an arena in Neverwinter? You want to sell tickets to this thing? <laughs> yes, Bertie. Yes. I'm just saying, like, if I'm gonna maybe die, if I'm gonna well, maybe die. Maybe you want to get some gold out of it. Okay, there are... So, I don't know how it would be for combat, but there are the portal ball fields. I was on our intramural portal ball team uh, when I was in school. So, the, those fields are vast. They would probably... Most of my offensive magic wouldn't go outside of it. You know, I've taken a licking or two there. I don't think that that's practical. I think that just draws... I mean... Unwanted attention. Exactly. We yeah. want to... I'm just we, trying to think And remember, about I don't want line. collaterals. Fewer moving pieces yeah. is better. Yeah. But the one concern that I have is the Yugolov, as I understand it, is very lazy. Would they even care enough to investigate if I broke the geese if I wasn't right near the here? I don't think they... They don't, they don't know why we were here. It's true. They just know we're here. They just know that we were here. That's why we're leaving. That's why we would fight them somewhere else. Because then all of a sudden, you know, even if they somehow survived the fight, you know, we we fought them in, we actually, they encountered us here and then we fought them in Neverwinter. Oh, wait, Jonathan the Magimuscular was schooled in Neverwinter. Oh, he's got a connection there. That's that's the association. It doesn't tell them anything that they may not, may already, may already well, know. I wasn't that concerned. I was more concerned that this wouldn't come. I think he'll come. I mean, that's a possibility. They might they might decide. I mean, even if Bernie breaks the spell, there's nothing to say that they wouldn't they wouldn't wait a few days to come, but at least we'd be spending those days building resources. And if they scried on us, they would be Well, I mean, they would know. They would know we were in Neverwinter, and I think one of the first things we do is we, you know, we tell we tell any allies we're going to bring in? Hey, we got some demons after us. Want to want to help? Want to help kill a demon? Ah, Jonathan the Magimuscular's got a demon to kill. I thought they were fiends. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's something. They're fiends. They're they're devils. Question for the DM. Hi. Just to kind of confirm something that I'm pretty sure I remember from the uh, previous episode. Sure. The, the was the Yugoloth floating when we encountered him? Uh, you're unsure. Because it was standing in snow and it was wearing longish robes. Oh, okay. So you, I don't think you saw its feet or took a a look at it. I don't remember offhand, but it would not have been a thing you saw. 
You do but remember we, that it was wearing inappropriate clothing for the weather and didn't seem to care, but... Also, we didn't see any tracks around the uh, the victims that were killed. No, but you do know that they were killed many, many hours before and there had been snowfall all day. Oh, right, right. So, so you were... It would have been weird to see tracks because of when that had taken place. Okay. So, I mean, that's one that's one advantage we would have if we fought near Neverwinter, is that they may leave footprints. Yeah, I think we fight near Neverwinter. Okay. So, plan is, we go to Neverwinter, we take the night off, we look, we maybe be conspicuous, we maybe let ourselves be seen tonight at the opera. And then tomorrow, we, after securing permission from... Uh, from those that I need to talk to, we go out to the training grounds and we kick some ass. Sounds like a plan. Hey, Jonathan. I like that plan. You can copy spells, right? It takes a little while, yeah. I don't know if we'll have that time. I mean, Professor Wood probably has something that she might be able to teach you. Maybe. Maybe, maybe spend the night with her teach, learning something new. Wing. <laughs> Traveling to the Magic Muscular's original eyebrow raises. <laughs> Did it just go up even higher? Did they kind of go down and like? Ooh. So it was. It was one. We'll say one went to a five out of ten. The, then the other one went to a six, and the other one went back to zero. And this one's gone up to a nine. <laughs> I'm just saying, if she was your instructor, she probably knows more spells than you. You could spend the night learning. We'll see. Um, I may need to spend the night resting. But, um, yeah, I know. Hey, I'm a spellcaster now. Maybe I can do some learning. <laughs> Travancore, I think... Bernie's uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Bernie. I don't need to learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do magics. No, you don't do magic. It's, you You've know, got your own magic, buddy. You, yeah. Like, the, the innuendo is completely lost on Carlton. Like, he was, like, yeah. legitimately, like, saying... You should just learn something tonight. And then both of those guys are making like these, like, yeah, like, I can't learn spells. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.